Hey, welcome to the Joyner Chronicles. I'm your host, Heat. And I'll be your co-host, Sam. All right, so first episode. I know. How Finally, exciting. After driving like two hours here. Yep, and driving two hours home. And how many times have we done it since? Um, I mean, it's basically all the time anyway. Just a visit. It's worth it. We're going to be going over Interview with a Vampire. This is going to be a two-part episode only because th- There's this... There's so much. There's yeah. so much. You're like, we can do it in one episode. I'm like, no, we can't. We really can't. This well, I want to keep much. this into like 30 minutes anyway. So I want to make sure that we're giving you you guys enough detail without giving you all the like extra detail. I don't know about you, but sometimes in books they just kind of over describe everything because it's a book. Yeah, but also one more episode just makes this like season last just one more episode. So, so. instead of four, it's gonna be five, possibly six. Who knows? We'll see where this route where it ends. We have a guide, but I guess we're not following at this point. We're just gonna get into it. We're gonna set scene around somewhere in the late '70s, early '80s. I want to say the interview starts taking place. So Louis, our main character, our our well depressed main character. He's like the saddest vampire known to man. Mm-hmm. He's so sad. I would honestly say like Louis is kind of like a self-loathing narcissist. Like he does think a lot about himself. Like literally. He thinks higher. Well, I think okay, so let's just get into <laughs> we're going to set scene and enter in a hotel room with a unknown name interviewer. Louis tells us that he basically just calls him the boy. Louis wanted to do this interview with the boy in order to get his mortal life down, but as well as share his life as a vampire and an up-and-coming new vampire and who his maker was. I don't really know if Louis really thought about the outcome and the consequences of this interview, but he just wants to do it. He's ready to tell this human kid everything, ready to spill his guts, be so honest. So he's really the one who, like, started the whole... It wasn't, like, not he's the one, but, like, Lestat was, like, came out. He's like, I'm a vampire. So it just kind of reminds me... <laughs> I was me. the first... It makes me feel like he is very much Lestat. He is. He was made by Lestat. He's self-loathing. Lestat's mm-hmm. self-loathing. I mean, you'll figure, like, you'll, like, as we go, you'll start to pick up on everyone's personalities. Exactly. And I don't feel sorry for Louis. I really don't. Now, let's talk about Louis. Yeah. Like, let's, let's get to know this character and who he is. He was born in France on October 4th, 1766, to a Roman Catholic family. They immigrated to North America when he was really young. The family owned two indigo plantations as well. Uh, they didn't really say exactly where. They just said somewhere on the Mississippi River, so that's where we're kind of locating. The only main location they gave us was New Orleans. Yeah, it's really hot and sticky. Yeah. <laughs> and in, like, the 1700s, dude. No AC. Yeah, and really shitty people. Yeah. Bad breath. Mm, and you're sweaty. B.O., man. Can you imagine? His plantation was named Point du Lac after his family. Like, many plantations were... Like, white-owning yeah. people who needed everything to be all what's about the, them. What's the name of your plantation? Oh, what's so obvious? My last name. Is it yours? <laughs> like, come on. So, he became the head of his family once his father died. There's no real description of how Louis' father died. We just know that he He's did like, die. He's, like, non-existent. So Louis was actually, um, I want to say, like, maybe super young. I won't f- maybe five, six, because he says he barely remembers the Im- like him immigrating from France to um, America. So his father was still around. His father didn't die until, I want to say, nearly, like, 25, because that's when they start going into Louis being the head of household. So taking care of his brother, Paul, his sister, and then his mom. And he was already head of plantation at 25. So he starts describing his issues with Paul and how close he was with his younger brother. As Uh, most brothers are. Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you 
I mean, they did kind of, yeah, they kind of had a little bit more of a brother, like, close. So Louis loved his brother very much, and his brother had started showing and vocalizing that he wanted to explore his faith since a really young age, around 12, he started telling Louis his desire to become a Catholic devotee or even a missionary. Louis tries to convince him otherwise because he doesn't want his brother to basically leave. Well, he said he would let him do whatever he wanted. But then ultimately, when it came down to like letting him go... When his brother was of age, Louis was like, wait, no, don't go. And then he built him an oratory. Yeah, he manipulated him. Um, I think he was just... I think Louis afraid to be alone and i felt like he depended on his brother a lot because he didn't have anyone else around him as head of household that would understand like yeah but that's just been another way of manipulating somebody because you can't do something yeah i mean absolutely there there is it's really sad he basically tells his brother no i'm not gonna let you go be a priest or go study yeah so an oratory is a small chapel for private worship it's typically used by Roman Catholics. Uh, He basically wanted to keep him near, and that was the middle ground. Like, hey, don't go be a priest, but I'll build you an oratory. Yeah, or, well, not so much don't be a priest. Like, kind of like I'll build you your own area where you can do that. Just don't go to, like, don't leave me. Well, so this oratory... And also, he wanted him to sell everything. How are they going to, like, Like, Well, that hasn't happened yet. So his, his visions hasn't happened yet. So basically... Moving too fast. Yeah, you're, you're like, you're ready to go. And that's okay. That just means you studied before the podcast. I did. I told you, I told you we're doing this together. I'm supposed to be like the audience. So I have lots of questions. So he builds in that oratory, and it's literally in the back. Like, you go from Louis' room out to his patio area or balcony area, and the oratory was right in view sight. He yeah. wanted his brother around, and he loved his brother yeah. very dearly. So Paul, mm-hmm. Louis' brother, he starts seeing visions, visions of the Mother Mary, Jesus Christ, Mother, mm-hmm. and then the Saint Dominic. So these visions are basically telling him to sell both plantations, take the money, leave to France, because during this time the French Revolution is happening. So the French Revolution happened from 1789 to 1799. So it's during the middle of all this. In France, that's going on, and then in America, this is what's going on with them. He goes to Louis, tells Louis about these visions, and he's like, like, all right, guys, I'm ready to sell this plantation. I'm ready to give up all our money. We're all going to move to France. We're all going to be missionaries. And we're going to save France with the word of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And Louis was like, yeah, no, I'm the one. I'm the owner. Yeah. Louis basically <laughs> was shot it down and was like, settle down. No. No, you're not. You're becoming an extremist. This is too much. And it's kind of weird because at that time, it was like something that commonly happened. Like, if someone saw a vision in the Roman Catholic faith, they believed those people. And they kind of like... Just the word, like, Messiah. They, they idolized it, yeah. really. You know? And... So, like, this wasn't something that was not common. It just took Louis back so much that it was happening to his brother. He felt like it was unbelievable. So this argument starts getting really heated. It's not just an argument between brothers of, like, no, we're going to do this. No, I'm not going to do this. It becomes an argument of, no, you're not in control. I'm in control. And as Louis is the head of household, I felt like he really um, was just over it. He's like, I'm done with this conversation. I'm the boss. Stop talking to me. Stop telling me about these visions. At that time, Louis turns around away from his brother and his brother dies yeah the ultimate like uh brotherly sisterly thing you do like okay you're gonna tell me now like you he just takes that shit to like the next level and it's like instead of <laughs> and it's definitely like being able to just like throw that in your face to your like your brother like you can't come back after me because now i'm dead so <laughs> I, I mean that is definitely a sibling thing <laughs> so louis says well he simply walked out the french doors onto the gallery, and stood for a moment at the head of the brick stairs. And then he fell. 
Yeah, he did. He, like, turned around, and he was like, oh, my God, you're dead. So, yeah, he turned around away from the argument, away from his brother. He basically told his brother, like, no, plain and simple, I'm the boss, shut up, yeah. no. Go to your You room. have your oratory, go to your oratory. Yeah. And then he goes to walk away, and his brother goes to walk away as well, but he falls down the stairs, and it kills him. But then the servants were like, that's not what happened, and quote, unquote, he looked up as if he had seen something in the air, and then his entire body moved forward as if being swept by the wind. Like, that's so dramatic. Yeah. We never really get to be told how his brother died. It was basically just a it, I think it just leaves, it leaves it open. It leaves it open for interpretation. What do you believe? Who do you think really killed Louis's brother? For a while, I thought it was Lestat. Yeah. I was like, for sure Lestat, bro. Lestat straight, like, had to, like, zoom in and just, like, in his fast. Yep. And in the book, it does, I think this section, it talks about how fast Lestat, um, Lestat can be. So, I mean... But it's not. Anne Rice has actually gone on, um, I guess it's like a type of Facebook that she pretended to be, or she was in person as Lestat, and actually covered this. So you can actually Google this and her statement as Lestat, and Lestat was like, I had nothing to do with this. Yeah, like, but Lestat is also like the handsome liar prince. What type of Lestat are you getting? Are you a little sneaky sneak? He is. <laughs> so I'm just saying maybe he did, but he lied about it. So Louis, at this point, shuts down. He's absolutely devastated by his brother Paul's death and doesn't really know how to deal with it because he blames himself. He doesn't talk to the police about anything. Basically, police come. He's like, oh, I don't know. Nothing happened. No one wants to admit to the argument, but his mother and his sister and some of the house servants did hear them arguing at that time. Yeah, his but mother, he, he admits they're arguing, but then he doesn't want anybody to look at his brother different. Louis doesn't talk about the visions his brother confide to him about with the whole Mother Mary and St. Dominic. So no one knew this besides Louis and besides Paul. He tells nobody, talks about it to no one, basically chalks it up to it was an argument and he fell to his death. His mother and his sister didn't really seem to believe it and kind of blamed Louis without being like, oh, it's your fault. Well, but yeah, also because he's had a household and makes all the money. So like, yeah, okay, we're mad at you, but still take care of us. This time, Louis was a devout like Roman Catholic. He really blamed himself for everything, and he started a phase of gambling. He was drinking. He basically was over life. The death of his brother was such a turn for yeah, him. It, it's definitely building his character at this point, character development. To escape the constant reminder of his brother, he moved to New Orleans. He moved his mother and his sister into one of the apartments that he had in New Orleans and then he also had another one where he moved himself. Yeah, because he like invested into property. And he basically was just tormented by visions of his brother rotting in the ground and in his coffin. It was just really hard for him. He was over it. He was ready to sell the plantation now that his brother was dead, which kind of sucks because it's like, well, now I'll sell the plantation, but you didn't want to sell the plantation when your brother wanted to sell it. Now your brother's dead, so now you're selling the plantation. I also still just think Louis is just really melodramatic, and, like, this just, like, falls into his character as a vampire. So he leaves the plantation to the overseer. This way he's able to gamble and drink and not worry about a damn thing meaning when it comes to the household. Yeah, meaning the overseer is like um, property manager back in the day. So. Basically, yeah. <laughs> Without probably proper pay, for sure. Yeah. It was more of a, here's the plantation, keep it in charge or else. Mm -hmm. Because... I'm your boss kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, let's be realistic. This is a plantation. We know how things were ran. It was during a time that slavery was still existent. So all this is surrounding the fact that Louis is the man, the white man in power. 
And he chose that, and he chose to go off and gamble and fuck his life away because he was so depressed about his brother. Yeah. Really, this is all just talking about how much Louis' mortal life at the end of his brother's life changed him and what made him and molded him into wanting to be a vampire. Because we're seeing this man that is left at a very young age and he's basically abandoned to take care of this household and his family and all these responsibilities. And then his brother dies. So the one responsibility he had is gone now. Yes. I mean, he still feels heavily responsible because he is the oldest and he should have known better. And the argument could have, like, not got that intense. So Hysteria is plaguing the plantation. And now they are saying that they're seeing the brother in the oratory. Yeah. The ghost of him. So talk around visions. Yeah, so everyone's talking around town. Everyone's like, ooh, we're seeing ghosts. And yeah. and they don't do ghosts at that time. Like, it's, that's, yeah, that's I not mean, a good thing. Yeah, they don't do anything that's, like, suspicious. Everyone automatically thinks, like, oh, devil. Kill him. <laughs> yeah. Burn him. Burn it. <laughs> Burn it. That was it. Like, that was the solution to it. Oh, they kind of seem like the devil. Burn it down. Yeah. Take it and burn it. Louis began living like a man who wanted to die. Uh, he had no courage to do it himself. He wasn't going to kill himself, but he was going to do everything possible to give a shit less if he does die. Yeah, inviting death. That's where Lisette sees mm-hmm. him. Louis, like, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, so Louis wanted this, and Louis put himself in situations that were life or death. Uh, he was constantly starting fights, passing out in random places. It caught Lisette's attention. Yeah, like, probably back in that day, it was really hard to stay alive doing stuff like that. So Lisette's like, what? <laughs> Lisette's like, oh, I got you. Yeah. You like, want to die. You're staying alive? Let me, let me change that. And he was attacked. Lissat caught him a few paces outside of his door after a night of gambling and drinking and just stumbling in. Just when he thought he was safe. Lissat says, snatch! Yeah. And uh, (laughs) took him. His family members found him and put him back to bed. And basically were like, oh, this guy is just fucked up. Like, literally, he was like, this guy's fucked up. Let's put him in bed. Put him to bed. (laughs) On the brink of death. Yeah, let's bleed him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, you know, logic of this I mean, they would have never known that a vampire took his blood. To them, like, back then, anything that was wrong with you that had to deal with, like, possession or even, like, a severe illness, they bled you. I know, but they had no way of knowing. Like, it was a, like, his blood is blood. Like, he has no blood. Let's bleed him more. He's blood. (laughs) He's blood. (laughs) Blood, the blood. Um, so once he's laid down, he becomes feverish. His mother calls a priest because she just kind of assumed that he was on the brink of death and ready to... Also, did she also think he was, like, possessed, too? Something like that? I think they tried... Or that just goes hand in hand. Yeah, I think then. they tried to, like... <laughs> You're sick and possessed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Diagnosis. <laughs> oh, you did. That's basically what it was. Oh, you did. Yeah. So... His mother thought he was feverish. I would say that maybe it did kind of tie into, like, possession, but I don't think the mother wanted to create hysteria like that, especially in the plantation, because Louis was the head of household. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't want that type of um, rumors going around and then spreading, and then it's just creating this, like, fire of, like, everyone's ready to rage because the devil. I mean, everyone was so suspicious of the devil at that time. It was just a bad look to look possessed or to even be (laughs) sick. Yeah. So don't be out there rolling your eyes, guys. Yeah, don't, don't, don't turn that neck of yours all the way around. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta refrain from that, guys. So Louis starts telling the priest everything, confessing to him about his brother's visions and the fact that he didn't believe him and how he felt. Like as a Catholic, the fact he didn't believe his brother made him feel even less of like a devotee to the Christian faith because. Why would you deny anyone that was so close to God or had that relationship with God seeing these visions? Mm. So was it him or was it you that was possessed by the devil? So he goes on, talks to the priest about this, and the priest is like, 
That guy, that guy was talking to the devil. Your brother is full of shit. I know. Your brother is the devil. Yeah. And Louis, he's like, no way, because that just changes him. He's like, wait, that means that, like, my brother was possessed, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't even help him. And so Louis was like, nah, bro, you're not going to talk about my brother like this, and basically beats the shit out of this priest. To near death, he's literally grabbing his head and pushing it against the brick wall until it's, like, almost exploding. And then he's laid back down because he's so exhausted. Yeah literally gonna die because he used all this strength to beat the shit out of this priest who was talking shit well, about Well, he also had, brother. like, vampire strength because, like, he's still turning because, like, the bite no, is part of the turning no, process. He had, he had no vampirism in him at that time. It's not until a vampire uh, gives you the dark gift to when anything about vampirism happens. If you get your blood drank, like, that's it. You're just dying. Oh. Like, you're just gonna... I thought you, like, start turning. Mm-mm. There's so many different type of vampire, like, like stories and tales. Like, it's nice to see... You get to be able to see Anne Rice describe, like, her version. What's her creation? Like, what's her potion for a vampire? Lestat enters. Yeah, all dramatic and sexy. Like, like let me put this scarf around your sister's face so she can't see. Peekaboo yeah. right through your sheets. Like, seduce you. <laughs> seduce you with my vampire language. So, three different ways to look at what Lestat wanted. Lestat either wanted the plantation, because Lestat comes with a 70-something-year-old man that's yeah. blind. That's his father. Baggage. A little baggage. Yeah, a lot of baggage. <laughs> Lestat literally was baggage at this point. Lestat wanted Louis as an eternal companion or as an eternal lover. Having a powerful love for his beauty, his tenderness, and his tragic heart. I mean, Lestat just knew that's what he wanted. I feel like Lestat knew that that's what he wanted to be, and Louis was that. Yeah, but also Lestat had two sides of him. So, like, yeah, he was, like, a passionate, nice, loving side, and then you had his, like, really shitty side. Well, his selfish side. Yeah. He wanted things for himself, and the main thing he was, or the main thing he wanted, was the plantation. He needed a safe spot for his dad to die. Well, yeah, that's initially how this whole thing started. As as we'd like to romance it, it's that's not what it was. Uh, he was using Louis. Louis had money. Louis had means of success and luxury, what he wanted. So Louis describes Lestat as a golden hair man. Very slender, very beautiful. He said that if you looked at him in the candlelight when he got closer, he did look immortal he did look like there was something wrong kind of like a monster but from afar you couldn't tell he was just a beautiful man with bright brilliant gray eyes that just yeah that just kind of stopped you in your tracks and you're kind of just dumbfounded by this beauty louis has his last sunrise after agreeing with lestat he goes and watches it and that's it he waits for later on that night where Lestat will come back and completely drain him. Now he'll go through the steps of what it takes to be a vampire. Yeah. And Lestat's going to make sure he shows him real fucking quick. Lestat starts talking to Louis about what it is to be a vampire. And he kind of puts this like sugar-coated, beautiful, cloudy type of existence. You know, he doesn't really give you an explanation of the dark side of what it is to be a vampire and, and have eternal life. No, he said... Wear these rose-colored glasses. Exactly. And Louis on the brink of death was like, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. I want that. I want a lover. I want an eternal life. I want to have that. Because to him, I think his mortality was going away as soon as his brother died. He felt like the sense of mortality, like, shit, I'm going to die. Everyone's going to die. And then here comes a handsome man offering immortal life. So after the conversation, it's initiation time. Louis had to go through various steps of... Vampire Gang 101. Or, like, how to accept. Basically, Lestat was like, look, bitch, you're going to watch me do this stuff, and you're going to be okay with it, because this is what you're going to be. And Louis at that time was like, okay. Yeah. 
why not? Until he wasn't okay with yeah. it. You know what well, I mean? Well, until the first step, which was killing the overseer <laughs> which and is like being the, okay with the it. the smallest step of being a vampire. He's like, that's it. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> and so Lestat murders the overseer in front of Louis, and Louis had to accept it because that's just what it was. Okay. This was Lestat like, all right, harsh reality time, motherfucker. Mm, murder. So they murdered the only guy that was taking care of this plantation. The guy that Louis was confident enough in his ability to take care of things right in front of him. Like it was nothing. Because Lestat didn't give a shit about human life. So we had this beautiful man murdering the overseer in front of Louis. And Louis didn't give a shit about his own life. He really did hold other people's life in high regard. He absolutely didn't tolerate death or mistreatment, let alone murdering people you know what i mean like he just couldn't fathom that and the fact that he had to accept and watch that made him hate lestat a little bit a lot of it early on right away lestat's like i'm gonna make you hate me motherfucker yeah he does become quite the enemy in this book yeah he it's, it's not hard to build him as a villain in this book i mean technically he was the villain in louis eyes as soon as that kind of like facade of like being a vampire kind of went away and the dark truth came out he was the villain yeah but louis didn't know any backstory on the stat no one does literally louis knows nothing yeah so you get to see like the vampire like go through his struggle through his like teenager years essentially like where you just suck at everything (laughs) and being a teenager suck (laughs) that is how he met lestat so like he gets a really um crappy introduction to his maker now lestat drains louis once more he's like this is mine and takes him drinks him on the brink of death and slits his own wrist and offers his blood the dark gift to louis and louis drinks it yeah well he chugs the way Anne rice describes this encounter is very sexual it's basically they're fucking through blood yeah. and it sounds really nice yeah like vampires sharing blood is their orgasm wait is like yeah it's like yeah it's de- it de- it's literally their orgasm so once that ends it seems like louis has post almond clarity he's like holy shit this motherfucker's crazy and he literally is like wow that was so good oh my god send this guy's people. crazy <laughs> yeah <laughs> send most people so after that Time for bed, and that's when Louis would die. His official human body would die overnight in a coffin. Yeah. Or, I guess not overnight, over day, because they sleep during the day, but to them it's like overnight. Vampire, vampire morning. Yeah, vampire <laughs> night. <laughs> Fast forward into the next day, uh, the overseer's body was found, and let me tell you, that plantation was basically back in hysteria. No one could find Louis, overseer's dead, random blind old man in one of the rooms no one knows what's going on so louis ends up coming as soon as dusk hits and he rushes to the plantation takes order make sure everyone's okay make sure that there's servants taking care of this random ass blind old man tells the servants that him and lestat should be left alone at all costs it doesn't matter leave him the fuck alone and it was basically because at that time louis looks he looks fucking dead You know, like, he didn't have any of the vampire, you know, resemblance yet. He just looked like a human body dying because he, like, technically just decomposed. He still had matter in his body at this time. It's literally the next night. Now some time passes, and Louis and Lestat are now living together, learning how to kind of function as a team, as a couple. I mean, let's be real. That's basically kind of what Anne Rice implies is that this type of relationship was more than, oh, I'm your master or, oh, you know. I'm your father. Yeah. It was 
like you're my deeper yeah, yeah there's a more like you made this person and now forever you guys are intertwined that's what Lestat ultimately wanted but I don't think he really understood it so Louis learns how to feed he learns how to be a vampire and Lestat's still holding shit back and he- Louis is all the while self-aware that he's murdering people and he's just not happy with the effect it's having on him I think it's more he <sighs> He really doesn't like that Lestat doesn't give a shit about human life. So, yeah, they have to murder to eat. But it's like Lestat's just murdering because he's fucking bored or because he wants to or, you know, sits down and eats a whole family because why the fuck not? You know, and to that, at that point, Louis was like, this is wrong. Well, Lestat had godlike behaviors. Like, I I can do whatever I want. Lestat had some fucking mommy issues. Let's be real. He did. (laughs) So he drinks from humans at first. Um, he's really disgusted by Lestat and he keeps trying to like figure out, you know, what it is to be a vampire, how many things need to change or, you know, what's going to kill him and what's not. And there's this one instance when they're out, Lestat brings up that you could live off of quote unquote rats, chicken and cattle, but only if you really needed to. Like, so say like you're on a boat and you're like, obviously they're vampires, so they can't be out during the day and they're hiding like below deck. They could consume rats. Yeah. <laughs> they can consume rats to live off of during that voyage. But Lestat was basically like, but nobody does that. And Louis was like, light bulb, bitch. What? Like, we can eat. Ra- I'm a vegetarian. And yeah, the first vegetarian of the vampire world. <laughs> so Louis took that to heart and was like, I'm a bitch, bet. And in New Orleans, too, like, imagine like. There's some rats back At that then. time. Yeah, just roaming the streets. They're probably big, chunky ones, Wild too. cats. Poor cats. <laughs> <laughs> so Lestat lets Louis know that you can't take in the last heartbeat. So basically, you can't drink the last drop of blood that's going to stop a heart because then it will take you in and it will kill you. So at least he gave him that rule. But other than that, he yeah, kind of oh, just keeps real quiet. You no, know, he. I feel like he doesn't give Louis these procedures until, like, he almost dies from each time learning. So, like, he has yeah. to learn the hard way. Like, he almost took in death, and that's why he... See, I think that plays into how Lestat was brought up into vampirism, too. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, but, he's on, the like, bad guy. Wouldn't he want to just be better than his own maker? Like, and be a better maker? Like, but isn't that kind of the question of, like, with parents that are abusive and then their kids go on to abuse their kids? Isn't yeah. the same question, you know what I mean? It like, is. you feel like because you dealt with it, it's tolerated or it's tolerable to put your children through it? Or you are what, you, what you're what you taught. Exactly. Or you are what you're made. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. This is when you start hearing more about Lestat holding back information about vampirism and if there's other vampires, what it takes, what can kill you, what can't kill you. He starts holding this information above Louis, like, I'm your master. Listen to me. You need me. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was basically, Lestat was like, all right, bitch, this is my house, my rules. And if you want to live, you're going to just, you know, do what I said. Louis is so fed up with this shit by now. He's like, you know what? Get the fuck out. I'm tired of doing this. Like, you're not giving me anything, so what do I need you for? Because at this point, he's taking care of Lestat, taking care of Lestat's dad, making sure that the plantation's making money because Lestat's over here acting like Louis' his sugar daddy. Like, Lestat's, like, decorating the house, making things pretty, making sure that his father's room was so luxurious and, like, so extra. This man's blind. He didn't come from, like, wealth well, and now that he has it, he's secured it, he doesn't know how to behave. But you're showing off to a blind man. 
man. Yeah. That and, man does not give a shit. And Lestat claims he doesn't have any human attributes, but this is a very human thing mm-hmm. to do, is to be so vain about, like, Material things. Yeah, definitely. Lestat replies back to Louis trying to kick him out with a quote from the book. Why would you do that? You don't know everything yet, do you? He laughed. You don't know. For example, all the ways you can die and dying now would be such a calamity, wouldn't it? And you see what I mean? Like, he's basically like, go ahead, kick me out. <laughs> but if you die because you don't know the things that I know, that's on you. Yeah, and Louis is like, oh, you're right. And yeah. it is because it's like <laughs> he literally went through all this bullshit for what? Just to end up dead because of the dumbass that didn't tell him anything? Yeah. So Louis already right there is like, and Louis really wants to just go at it alone. He doesn't want to be around Lestat. He doesn't want to have these conversations. He doesn't want to pretend they're these lovers. And at this point, they're not even really talking to each other. They're just kind of living together. They're doing their own thing, but all the while still creating wealth because Lestat's still spending, so... Well, he starts building walls, and he doesn't want to be a part of Lestat's uh, careless spending and careless murders of various people. Random people, too. Like, Lestat could... He liked to hunt, like, rich people. Like, he liked the game of it. You know what I mean? Because if you hunt rich people, there's more people looking out for those people than poor people. So it was more of a game for Lestat. And and Louis just didn't want anything to do with it at that point. So they start living separate lives and Lestat gets worse with money. He is spending, spending, spending. I mean, he's also bringing in money because they're basically turning around things that Lestat steals uh, from his victims, yeah, like bees. Louis's and... like an investor. He was an investor his human life, so he's he's. Louis's to... really smart. Yeah. So he makes sure that he's still making money off of Lestat, but I mean, Lestat's spending it more than it's coming in at this point. Up the river from Point du Lac was the Frenier Plantation, a plantation of sugarcane crop, a great old French family which had this generation, five young women and one young man. The young man was set to become the head of household. It's like every young man back then. So he had five sisters. Three weren't able to be married anymore because of their age. Like, they were they were crones. They were too old. And it was probably, honestly, they were probably like 25. And yeah. they were just considered way too fucking old. Yeah. That's it. You can't be sold anymore. You're not 12. He was set to become the head of household. And Lestat decided one day, that's mine. I'm going to drink that motherfucker's blood. So he had his eyes set on Young Frenier. So we don't really know his name. We don't really get to really know this character at all. He's just Young Frenier. Yeah. Well, and he's something that Lestat wants. Something Lestat needs. Yeah, Lestat just wanted to suck at his blood, bro. <laughs> the hunt was realeth with Lestat. <laughs> yeah, honestly, with this with this character. Yeah. So he just was so ready to, to murder this guy. And Young Frenier ends up insulting a young Spanish real. Basically, it was a pointless duel. Um, they basically got in an argument. They're like, I'm ready to duel. And back then, duels were a real thing. You can just be like, I challenge you to a duel. And you guys are going to meet I at... Feel like that's such a bro thing. Like, he said, you're mama. And he said, that's it. Duel. I'm going to shoot time. you in the chest. Yep. Yeah, and that was the solution. <laughs> and so you can't back out of a duel. Especially as the head of plantation, it was basically an insult to be like, <laughs> JK. Because they're like, oh, okay, that guy's a bitch. And yeah, reputation goes sour. So young Frenier went back home and was preparing to get ready for this duel. Lestat was livid. He was so upset the fact that he wasn't going to be able to kill this guy and that some other guy was going to have a chance to kill him. Like, that's a waste of blood, basically. Lestat was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I cannot have this. Yeah, he was um pretty upset about it. But Lestat does this from time to time. 
And he becomes obsessed yeah. with who, who and what he wants. And he wants it then and he wants it now and he wants it his way. His way is exactly what it is. Louis, at this point, he's not consuming human blood. This, he's still doing like, I can eat rats. I can eat whatever else besides humans. So he's on the vegan diet right now of vampires. Louis was really concerned for young Fringier. And I think a lot of it tied into he was the head of household at such a young age and this young boy was now entering into becoming, you know, head of household. And so Louis felt some type of compassion to this kid. Like he had all this set against him. And if he were to be murdered by Lestat or even the duel, his sisters are left with nothing. No one's there to take care of him because at that time, women did not like at all take care of plantations or were never head of household. It just wasn't a thing. It was actually kind of against it. Like they're like, oh, no, women can't do that. Yeah, we're not smart enough. We so can't do Louis that. knew that his death contributed to basically the death of everybody else around him. No one else was going to make it out. So Frenier writes his will. He's getting ready. Lestat this entire time is walking around the plantation being a little sneaky sneak murdering all his people on his plantation too because Lestat's just a piece of shit well, and, and doesn't care. He, he got his information too. Yeah, because he was listening in. So Lestat was ready to go chase him. Yeah, Frenier. he endangers Louis and his like his own life mm-hmm. too because like duels were predominantly held at 4 a.m. Like literally right when the sun is going to come out and so he's like, I got to get to him. I have to kill him. But like... I like him chasing Frenier, and then you have Louis chasing Lestat, like, and they're running through the swamp, and it's just like a whole ordeal. And they put themselves in danger just so Lestat can get that kill, like the limit that Lestat lives. Yeah. To. So four a.m. We're entering. It is before dawn, and Lestat is chasing after young Frenier on his horse, just running after this guy, hoping to catch this guy before the duel. And Louis was right behind Lestat because Louis was not going to let Lestat do this. Like, he wasn't going to let Lestat kill him. Both of their lives are in danger at this point. The sun's rising. Lestat doesn't give a shit that both of their lives are in danger. And Louis is just kind of sitting there even more angry at the fact that not only does this guy not give a shit that this is putting their life in jeopardy, but he also doesn't give a shit about the human life that he's leaving and the mass he'll be leaving behind and all the broken hearts he's leaving behind louis is super empathetic mortal and this is like the beginning of it this is going to show you exactly what tilts louis to one end and what tilt lestat to the other end now lestat's getting there he's almost on freniere's tail and louis tackles him fucking grapples him down they're in the swamp water wrestling louis just holding down making sure that lestat doesn't take off and kill young Frenier. Yeah, just giving young, like, giving Frenier a chance. Like, if he's gonna die, he's gonna die. But he'd rather have him die at the bullet than at the fangs of Lestat. Yeah. Well, because Lestat, it's just pointless murder. The duel, at least there was a reason, and young Frenier was ready to accept that. But he wasn't ready to accept being murdered by a vampire. Nobody is. You know what I mean? So Louis like, no, bro, like, fuck you. So, one, two, three... Shots were fired. Young Frenier stood victorious while his opponent was down. Shot right in the chest. Uh, In that instant, Louis and Lestat were both kind of (sighs) like, got it. Well, Louis, yeah. Lestat was like, what the F? But Lestat was like, I still have a chance. Within seconds, the guy that was on the ground, the opponent that was on the ground, raised up his pistol, aiming it at young Frenier, whose back was turned, to kill him because, obviously, he wasn't somebody that knew how to follow dual rules, and yeah. he was going to die. Get a sucker shot. So within <laughs> seconds, Lestat was out of Louis' grip, and young Frenier was taken. Before his friends even fucking realized his friend was gone, Lestat swooped him up, and... Killed him. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they they wrestled in the swamp. Louis came. Fucking ripped 
ripped Lestat off of Young Frenier, and there laid Young Frenier dead, his body slowly sinking into the swamp. And that was it. Lestat got exactly what he wanted, and yeah. Louis learned exactly who Lestat was. Well, because it was all for fun. Like there was no reason. Like there was Frenier nothing behind didn't it. Do anything to Lestat. Like Mm-mm. wasn't even involved in their day to day life. He just at all. saw him and was like. That's mine. Yeah, definitely. Just like that. His life. That's mine. After young Frenier was dead, Lestat snapped back at Louis real quick and... He was upset. He was upset that Louis tried to keep him from, you know, do, letting him do his hunt, letting letting him kill. So he was just like flabbergasted. Like, I can't believe you do that to me. I should leave you to die. Well, he basically swore vengeance on him. Like, yeah. fuck you. I'm going to come get you. Like, you almost made me lose my kill. I could just have your horses literally leave your ass behind. And with the sun rising, you're going to die. Louis' hate for Lestat festers. He comes to realize Lestat has vengeance upon the mortal life he left. Nothing pleases him unless he could take it from others, and once he had it, he grew cold and dissatisfied. Not loving the thing for itself, though, he went after something else. Vengeance. Blind and sterile. Vengeance. So Lestat takes off, and Louis takes off to the plantation, because obviously those young women are now left alone, and everything he feared is now a real thing and yeah, they're all just waiting there like basically well they morning. knew about yeah they knew about the duel mm-hmm. and they understood that there was a possibility the brother can die and all this so they kind of already knew but they didn't know that he really died in the hands of a vampire while louis tries to stop him. now enter babette Frenier. and i really like babette for somebody who was given literally the shittiest hand to be dealt she was a woman who wasn't married yet Still considered too old. And again, like I said, she was probably like 25, 26. Couldn't have been that old. But at that time, it was very much old to have been married. And now she's the oldest sister of this plantation left alone. So here comes Louis, Captain. I'm going to save Babette. And yeah, I'm well, going to save like love, the year. Yeah, like a mini love interest is what Babette is. That's how I see her in Louis's life. is just a small reflection of his mortal self that he can see with this family. And I think yeah. he definitely takes on that, like that. Like, um, loving image towards her. Yeah, so he advises Beppa in how to handle the household and maintain the plantation without ever showing her who he actually was. So he stayed in the distance because, again, his body was still very, like, you know, dying, humanly, really weird looking. And he couldn't show her who he was. So she didn't know he was the plantation owner down the way, just some random guy, and she kind of just called him her guardian angel because louis came out swinging yeah, well, told her exactly what to do how to get money how to get support and how to make sure no man looked at her like she wasn't prepared for this louis set her up for absolute success babette gets her sisters married and she even marries herself all while maintaining a man's duty as head of household now how fucking badass is that it's just it's normal like, but badass back then. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to give her credit. I mean, she, yeah, she had this guy helping her, but she really did it alone after losing her brother and being left in shambles. So he becomes head of household and, like, ruins it, like, within a week and gets challenged to a duel. And then Babette, like, earns being head of household, like, for herself and, like, successfully does it. But it goes to show that it takes a certain person, whether you're a man or a woman, it takes a certain person to be able to handle situations like that. And young Frenier was way too young to, like, get it. So after helping Babette, Louis heads back home. Um, he makes it in time before him, you know, burning alive in the sun. And 
some time passes, him and Lestat are not talking. No, they, they just do, like, <laughs> what, like small chit chat for like the father. They put on a front for the dad, and they put on a front for Louis's sister and mom. And Louis's mom passes away in her sleep, and it's really sad because Louis can't go in the daytime. He can't go to this funeral and experience his mother's passing, so he had to pretend he was sick. It's like the curse of vampires. Like because you don't age, you don't go anywhere you get to literally watch everyone you know and love or love whatever maybe die and that's it like and you can't even be a part of it especially if it's in the sunlight yeah like (laughs) the ultimate lonely you experience loneliness while you have the people around you and then they're gone and then it's like you get to experience while you continue yeah while you continue forever because i mean he doesn't know anything about vampirism so all he knows is that he might just live Forever. So he was keeping low and was investing still, like, all the shit that Lestat was still turning in, but also his own investment from his uh, indigo plantations and stuff. And he tried to use his, his sister and her husband. Her husband was proven to be a fucking idiot. He couldn't even actually do dealings with the with the sister's husband as, like... Years of inbreeding, though, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He was just a fucking idiot. So Louis couldn't use him. And all the while, this entire time, Lestat's partying drinking, murdering, living a life, loving everything. And when I say Lestat's murdering, he's leaving trails. Yeah, he's not hiding anything. He's, he's not. Doing it on purpose. Yeah, and he's oh, doing it like on purpose. his own plantation. So, oh, and the Frenier plantation yeah. too because then the two plantations mm-hmm. start talking. And now everybody's like the devil lives at Point du Lac. That's when everything goes sour, all of their good... And he blames Lestat, or sorry, he blames Louis, Lestat blames Louis for this whole thing going up in flames, literally. And it was Lestat who started it, like he was being a brat. And, well, and, Lestat and, never and, contributed. And, yeah, and he he just, he ruined the whole charade. It wasn't Louis, it was him. Yeah. So, the night of the uprising, Lestat's father is dying, plantations are talking, hysteria is building... The devil lives at Point Du Lac. They have to do something. And they have no fucking idea the outcome of what's going to happen right now. Like the anxiety in that house <laughs> right now. They, <laughs> there's like an uprising outside the door. They hear it. The dad is dying and Lestat can't. Childhood like trauma. He can't put it away. And Louis has to take care of the father. Louis has to take care of Louis everything. has to do everything. Louis, was it Lestat that was Louis's maker? Was it Louis that was the stats maker? Who was the adult? (laughs) Yeah, so stats father's dying. Begging for forgiveness from Lestat, because as of right now, we don't really know any background of Lestat or Lestat's father, how their relationship was. We just know that Lestat was taking care of this blind old man that was his father. Honestly, treated him kind of like shit. Like, all he ever did was like, I give you everything. Fuck you. You did nothing for me, but now I'm doing everything for you. So let me put all this lavish stuff in front of you so I can hold it against you. Because this is how Lestat is, obviously. He holds everything against everyone because he does everything so much. And um, Lestat tells Louis, you gotta kill him. You gotta get out of this plantation. They're gonna fucking murder us. They're gonna burn everything down. That's gonna kill us. He's gonna die. So murder him and let's leave. We're exposed. (laughs) And Louis, just not understanding the fact that he's not even saying goodbye to his dad. Like, Louis's like, I'll do it. Because this old man is literally dying. Like, he needs to die. But just let him go with him thinking that you forgive him. Like, just just give him that peace. Yeah, just talk to him. And Lestat refuses. So Louis pretends to be Lestat until Lestat finally comes in because Lestat's running around trying to calm everything down, obviously. It's not working because Lestat's the fucking reason. And he has to come back in and lets his father say his goodbye. And even though he was so mad and so cold to his father, Louis finally killed his father. 
Yeah, but definitely not, like, by sucking his blood. Like, he felt like that was wrong. He do. didn't want to have his death contribute to his, like, health, his basically. Body count. <laughs> yeah. But he didn't want to be like, oh, like, you're dying, but you're benefiting me. Yeah. It was basically like, you're dying and you're going to die. Like, that's it. So now that the servants have become that suspicious of Louis and Lestat, shit's popping off. Dad's dead. Servants are all gathering around. They're all ready to murder these motherfuckers because of all the dead bodies. They remember the overseer. They remember the hysteria of the oratory, like, with the brother. So they think Louis is this bad guy. Lestat murders all of them um, to keep from spreading that there's vampires in the house. And Louis burns the whole plantation. They just dipped out. They just did the fastest thing they can do to, like, <laughs> dip out of the situation. <laughs> but, once again, living on the edge, racing dawn. So here we are, again, racing the time. They run to the Freniers plantation because that's Louis' only way out. Well, to safety. Like, Lestat wanted to go to New Orleans as if they had time to do it. Yeah. Louis, like, of course, the most rational one is like, no, we're going to go to Babette's because that's the closest place we can hide. And... And And Lestat being jealous of anything Lestat has any type of, like, affection towards was already, like, no. But he had to. So they get it. They get to Babette's. Babette is convinced by Louis, who she still doesn't know who the fuck he is, but she hears about all the shit that's going on at the Point du Lac plantation. And she's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll give you my wine cellar basement. She fucking locks them in. Yeah. She's like, "Mm -mm." If two strangers came at the night, you're just gonna let them, like, give them the guest room? Like, (laughs) So she barricades him in and Lestat's pissed. Lestat's like a feral cat locked in a room just <laughs> so mad and hissing and out the mouth. just going fucking crazy because he has no control. And that entire time Lestat's pissed off. He's going on about how much he doesn't need Louis. How much Louis needs him and that Lestat was in control of all the situations and Louis didn't know anything and that's when Louis finally realized Lestat had no fucking idea of any vampire essential secrets yeah he just made it like i think he was making it up as he was going well that knew nothing yeah and louis the entire time only stayed for those secrets and then in that room he realized this motherfucker knows nothing obviously they have to go to bed and they wake up Lestat's always up first. Louis always kind of makes the comment that Lestat was always up and always ready to and go that there before was him. there's a reason why. Like, yeah. And that was like the secret. Control. Part. Yeah. Like- it's all about control. It's all about Lestat's up first. So Lestat was able to be in control. Because if Louis was up first, I mean, all it took and was Lestat Louis. Lestat was vulnerable. Yeah. All, all it took was Louis to lock Lestat in the coffin and light it on fire, and Lestat was dead. So Lestat made sure he was always up. So he was up waiting pissed off he was still barricaded in and convincing louis that they needed to kill babette like we need to kill this bitch we gotta go and louis was like nah dog that's not gonna happen he had such faith like louis had such faith in babette like where he just thought like if he just explained the situation she would understand and that's definitely not how it turned out so like when she came down and unlocked them Lestat was ready to just, like, take her. And then Louis was like, just give me a second. Yeah. And that's when, like, Babette definitely crushes Louis. If you could crush Louis even more spiritually, she does it. Like, this for her, like, just takes all his mortality and just, like, throws it into the trash Kobe style. Yeah, she was convinced that he was from the devil. Any advice that he gave her was sourced from the devil. That he was no longer this guardian angel watching out for her and her family and taking care of her and giving this good advice. She thought back of every action that she did, and she thought she failed, and she listened to the devil. Because everyone was so superstitious back then that 
anything could have been from the devil, even if it was good. That really distressed Louis a lot. He tried to convince her otherwise. I feel like, in a sense, he was in love with Babette's mortality. Like, the fact that she was mortal and vulnerable, he fell in love with that. I don't really know if he loved her, loved her, but there is an aspect of adoration in there. Yeah, but I feel like vampires love different. Like, how we love is so not as in-depth as a vampire's love. Well, because like, eternity for us yeah. isn't like eternity for them. They can pick a small piece of something from somebody and fall in love with that attribute. So Louis is trying to convince her to help to help them just leave. They, they want to get to New Orleans. They want to get out of her hair. Their carriage is left in the middle of the field. She probably has the carriages. And Babette straight fucking refuses like a thug, dude. In the face of death. Because Lestat's in her face, grabbing her, ready to kill her. She's like, no, bro. Figure it out for yourself. You are the devil. And it crushed Louis even more. Because now, here Lestat is holding Babette, ready to kill her. Well, all he wants her to do is just help them leave and get away from her so that she doesn't die. She ignored Louis. She didn't believe him. And she let them leave. So off they went to New Orleans. And now we're exiting the scene back into the 1970s, 80s. Back to the interviewer. The interviewer and Louis talk about how Louis feels about Babette. Because I feel like the interviewer really wanted to understand if Louis did love Babette. But even Louis couldn't give that kind of information. He just kind of kept it vague. And kind of admitted in a sense he loved Babette. Well, he said, I never said I couldn't feel. Yeah, but he doesn't emphasize that it was love. So you're just kind of left with this, why did Louis do it? Like, why didn't Louis just let Lestat kill her and then them get away? He fought so hard for her to believe him, and he ended up still being the bad guy. Yeah, well, that's the moral of the story for Louis, is that he's trying so hard to be good and does everything to be good to still be called you know, the devil, and that's where he is always in constant, um, like, in questioning. Like, he is always questioning his existence. Yeah. So this is the end of part one of episode one. To get this finished, I feel like this was a good part. This was a good start. Um, a lot of explaining, a lot of introducing you to these characters and really um, showing you our point of views of the characters. Because, like, you guys would each have your own point of view and how you're going to characterize each character. These are just obviously what we think, um, how we view them. So thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. And make sure that you review us. Make sure that you subscribe and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. I mean, even if I'm pronouncing something, let me know. I'll keep, I'll put the podcast email in so you guys can send us some emails. And I hope to hear from you guys. Ciao. Later. Later.